This is going to be the ultimate playoff preview Dallas Mavericks side of the Mavericks Clippers playoff series. Round one. The ultimate preview for a huge Dallas Mavericks win. Game one win. Mavericks are winning game one. You heard it here first. Woo! Freezing cold takes. Keep it down. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Our team every day. It's good. And the Mavericks have won the game. Like that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? You don't believe shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the playoff preview prodigy, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well, Nick, I just want to ask you how you're feeling. We're ga- we're one game into the play-in tournament, this exciting, this super joyful just tournament. I- the Pacers-Hornets game just ended. How are you feeling after this? <laughs> I'm feeling fine. It's going to be good. There's going to be a couple of good games. There's one dud, and I'm glad it was that one because n- nobody was really interested in that game anyway. No, nobody cared about that game. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Washington and Boston's probably about to be a, a super fun game. We're recording this right at near tip-off of that game, so I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this week on Thursday at some point to get in on the action locker room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this preview. We want to do a full preview, like cover your kids' ears, like a big-ass preview of like the entire of this entire series. So we're going to go a little long today. We're going to break down key changes for the Mavericks and Clippers, uh, key stats for the Mavericks and Clippers that we found, key matchups for both teams, and then – key storylines we've kind of already gone over some of this stuff we've gone over a little bit but we want to just do all of it in one podcast so for people that are listening for the first time if you are Isaac and I have been covering the team for five or six years we've been doing this podcast for going going into our fifth year soon about to hit that in a couple weeks here so we've been doing this for a long time uh you may have you may have been doing this but we were born into it basically is what <laughs> i actually just had somebody today find our pod for the first time and ask me yeah. about it and they're like man and so they're asking how many people listen and all this stuff i'm like there's actually been a really cool community that's been built around this mm-hmm. podcast and mavericks fans literally around the world and from all these different countries and we just saw an example this this past week and it's been yeah it's been really cool to see you guys hop on board and support us and the maps it's been absolutely great. Thank you for joining the Raccoon Squad. That's everybody that listens to this podcast. That's a loyal listener of this podcast. You're in the Raccoon Squad. You're a card-carrying member. So, all right, let's get into this playoff series. So, we have to start a little bit with practice. The Mavericks practiced on Tuesday. They got one of their first full practices, a home practice, which was kind of a rare thing this season. And the big update was on Maxi Kleba. His status is still a little bit uncertain, a little bit unknown. Rick Carlisle said he did participate in practice, but it was a non-contact, technique-oriented practice. He has a sore right Achilles. And uh, Carlisle said that tomorrow is going to be a big day to see how he's progressed. So today, Wednesday, if you're watching, listening to this, this is a big day for Maxi Kleba. So we could know his status for game one. Uh, he's expected to play. He's expected to, to be to be available, but if he's kind of hobbled, 
Maybe they don't start him, right? Maybe they come off the bench and they, that decision for the starting lineup is made for him. Uh, for people that are maybe listening for the first time or Clippers fans, Maxi Kleba is incredibly important for this team. Last season, he guarded Kawhi Leonard in this in the series between the, the Mavs and Clippers. He actually did a pretty, pretty decent job on him. He is kind of the, the, the way that their defense sort of uh, runs. He is so important for their defense, his decision-making, being in the right spots. He kind of calls things out. And also, he's been a 40% three-point shooter this season, so he's absolutely crucial for the spacing on this team as well. He's probably replaced by Tim Hardaway Jr., which doesn't really affect your spacing too much, but he is very crucial for this team, and so his status is massive for the Mavericks. Yeah, I mean, in an underrated way, not for Mavericks fans if you've been watching him, uh, but nationally, I think he's one of the the best three and D guys in the league as far as like that role, you know, role player type of mold of player that everybody wants on their team. Because like Nick said, he's been shooting forty percent from three this season. He he's six ten, but he can guard you know these bigger wings like Kawhi and stuff at times. Now we say guard like Kawhi can still get his buckets, but. We, you know what we're talking about. Like Maxi oh, can yeah. at least stay with him at times. So it's going to be really key for Dallas to have him. That outside of Dorian, who's going to be that next guy that can take a Kawhi, that can take a Paul George sometimes. Probably not going to put Maxi, probably lean more towards Josh on Paul George at times. But you need that flexibility. Even if they do start Dwight and go big with KP, you still need that flexibility with Maxi off the bench. So. His his availability will be a, a, I mean honestly before we hit re- record on the pod we were talking about uh, the practice you know media availability today and like that's the, that was the only thing I wanted to hear today I just want to hear yeah. Maxi the update on Maxi it's the only thing I cared about because I think it does impact this series yeah that's absolutely huge the other thing I thought was interesting I actually went to Clippers media as well and went to it I showed up to his, I clicked a Zoom link is what I did but uh, in Clippers practice they asked Ty Lu about. Um, pressure and they asked if there's any pressure on this team and he reacted uh, in go. a way no he reacted in a way that was like kind of surprising to me he as soon as he heard the word pressure in the question and whoever was asking the question I don't know who it was sounded pretty nervous so it wasn't like a completely full it was a kind of a long-winded question and so Tyloo had a lot of time during that question as soon as the word pressure was formed he was like putting his head in his hands and like huffing and just really frustrated with the fact that people keep asking about pressure. Is there any pressure for the Clippers? And he was like, no, he, of course he gives the coach answer. No, there's no pressure, blah, blah, blah. We're just oh, going to go out on. and play our own game. Somebody asked if there's pressure for Paul George and he goes, no, there's no pressure. He just want, he's got to go out there and play his game. And I was, I was just like, man, how can he say that? Right? Like, how could he possibly say there's no pressure? I guess cause he just got hired. And so he's not going to get yeah. fired if they lose this, if they lose, but Man, if they lose this first round series, I mean, there's probably going to be some changes, right? Like, I don't know if Steve oh, Ballmer's no. there, just going to massive amount of pressure. I think if I was him, I would have leaned into a little bit and not fully lied. I would have been like, "Yeah, there's pressure on everybody, right? It's the playoffs. Yeah, right. I mean, we all have pressure. We want to perform. I'd really soak it in, but yeah, to totally dismiss it, like, if we ranked the teams with the most pressure in the first round, you're probably in the top three, and because you yeah. have a lot of storylines with free agency and, looming for Kawhi, Paul, and George, not three, right? Like, <laughs> you're probably not three. No. It's probably Clippers, Bucks, like one, two, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd put Nets up there a little bit, but in round one, well, as far as yeah, well, okay, yeah, that's true. But so they, got anyway, pre- I, they got a lot of pressure on him. So uh, the two yeah. things I thought that were interesting about that is his his dismissal of the pressure and then his just complete annoyance with the question, which I guess. Rick Carlisle gets annoyed with questions all the time, so that's not really. Yeah, I'm not about to say complain about coaches getting annoyed by stuff. So. <laughs> but I, I found it kind of interesting, and uh, yeah, 
Reggie Jackson also had a really good quote. Callie Kaplan tweeted it out, I think, uh, about Luca and defending Luca. He said he's six eight and he's a he's built like a brick wall, <laughs> which is not usually a term or a metaphor for Luca, right? Like <laughs> that's not usually how you describe him, but uh, it's true, man. And guarding him is going to be. And also, when as soon as they asked the question about Luca, you could see Reggie Jackson's eyes get pretty big. And you just know, man, it's coming. It's coming brick, for you, Reggie that Jackson. That brick wall hit the uh, game winner over him. So <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll get into Reggie Jackson a little bit later. Uh, but first, let's talk about Locker Room. Locker Room is the place to talk about sports. It's fun to just get on there, talk to some people, especially if you're still stuck in your house, if you're quarantining or anything like that. You can just get on. You can talk about any kind of stuff. On Locker Room, it's a perfect place to start or join an already going on conversation. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news and rumors. You just download the app for free. Currently available on iOS devices. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NBA group, the NFL group, MLB, NHL. You can join any kind of group, like there's an MFFL group. That you can join the latest, get the latest league updates, and follow me. I'm at Nick Van Exit, and you can get notified whenever we do Lockdown Mavs locker rooms. If you want to join us, we're going live on Thursday at some point during the day. We will be talking all about Clippers Mavs, and we'll, we'll see what we got going on for that. So see us there, locker room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Isaac Harris. So this is what we're going to do for this playoff preview. I want to talk about some key changes. Um, Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. What does it actually mean for the Mavericks in this series? Because Seth Curry played a lot last season. He he, he ended up starting in that series. He was kind of, it was kind of a big change the Mavericks made late. Is that they started Curry and Tim Hardaway Jr. and um, they kind of went a little small, right? They didn't play. They didn't really play a center, and then they kind of brought one in every once in a while. But they started with Tim Hardaway and Curry, and I thought that that was a, a big change there. Um, what is the difference now and while we're on it, is is Josh Richardson going to start? Are we going to see him start the game? Because he wasn't recently, and he's kind of lost his spot a little bit there to Hardaway and then to Josh Green a little bit. You know, it's, he's kind of been all over the place. Yeah, I wonder on the bigger scale of this, I wonder how many teams entering the playoffs that you do not know they're for sure starting five. Because I think... So, so I've been doing a lot of these... Um, if you go on Locked On NBA's YouTube, I've been doing a lot of these previews with some of our NBA hosts, and every single host has said, yeah, you know, we're finally just getting healthy, and we're finally just getting our starting five back. Like, Lakers said this, Clippers just said this. Uh, there's so many, like, Mavs have said that. Like, a lot of d- these teams are all of a sudden getting healthy. For uh, Hawks just said this, too. Today I did that one for the first time. I mean, Jazz, right? The Jazz are getting healthy now for the first time in a long time, too. And it's, it's a lot of these teams that have been dealing with injuries on and off. So it, I think it might be a little more, I think it might be more teams than you'd be, you know, than you'd think. Yeah. No, honestly, I was asking a way of like, I don't know how many teams yeah. there, there are because that's the spot Dallas is in right now. And it's not just one position, right? Like it, we're not looking at who's going to start at point for them. And it's one of two guys and we're sitting here debating, or it's not just a, all right, we know Dwight or Willie starting. It's one of the other. We'll see which one comes yeah. Saturday. It's not that. That's another thing we didn't say right off the top of that. Game is set for Saturday. Game oh, yeah. one, Clippers, Mavs. Uh, that's something we've been operating uh, with. We've mentioned now in previous pods, I think earlier this week, that yeah. uh, we were operating with Saturday being that day. But now that is official. We don't know tip-off time. We were operating under the knowledge. Of, <laughs> there you go. Of that we were operating under the assumption of the knowledge that. <laughs> um, but for Dallas, it's a couple different spots that you know we we've seen this starting unit throughout the year kind of shift in the whole storyline of Tim Hardaway Jr. of 
him starting earlier in the season, then him going to the bench and being this ultimate pro, ultimate vet. And then he, he came off the bench and all of a sudden now he's back in the starting unit and he's been playing well starting. It's like, all right, well, now what's going to happen? Is he going to keep on being in there for Josh? But then there's the Maxi thing and Dwight Powell thing and Dorian playing the four. There's, it's crazy when you think of I think some teams might be trying to figure out one position, but I wonder how many teams are in Dallas' spot of like, I mean, they could roll out so many different combinations on Saturday, and I would not be completely shocked, right? I mean, there's what, eight players so that we can see starting? There's only three guaranteed starters, right? Luca, Porzingis, and Dorian, right? Like yeah. Dorian is the other guaranteed starter. And then the other, the wild cards are, there's so many of them, right? There's Maxi with his with his injuries. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, Dwight and Willie with the the matchup, basically, matchup dependent. Uh Every once in a while, Boban gets, you know, Boban will get a start. I don't, I don't count gonna, Boban in that. I don't think he's going to get in the playoffs. Tim Hardaway has been coming off the bench a lot. Yeah. And uh, and then and Josh, Josh Richardson is, is kind of the other guy. There's so many and different ways that they can go with this. I don't see Brunson starting, but at least, no. like, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if he did. He closes games. Yeah, he closes games. So going back to the Josh thing, we just don't know. Nobody knows. Like, Josh could come out and start on Saturday and play 30 minutes and guard Paul George and match Paul George's minutes because they've studied and seen that Josh Richardson <laughs> is, you know, I'm uh, joking on that, if that's where Rick Carlisle landed on that. And I'll be like, all right, I, I kind of get it because you want to throw another defender at him. Or Josh Richardson could come out on Saturday and play 12 minutes and Tim Hardaway plays 33 minutes. Yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked that way. Nope. The wide range for the expectation and role of Josh Richardson in this series, it is so drastic. And so I honestly don't know what to expect from him. Yeah, that one's going to be really interesting. So that's kind of the, the big change there for the Mavericks is that trade that happened over the offseason. Uh, another big change is Chris Porzingis. Uh you know, one of the Clippers, you know, Locked On Clippers host asked me today, is KP fully healthy? And I was like, well, define, you know, define fully healthy. It's, it's really hard to tell at some points. He's he's missed a couple of games recently with an ankle issue. Obviously, he was out for the beginning of the season with the torn meniscus surgery that he had over the offseason. He's missed a couple of games here and there. Obviously, they they hold him out in second, second night of back-to-backs. He has played some back-to-backs, so we won't say that he's been held out of all of them. But... He's now just getting back in the lineup a couple of games before the playoffs after missing some more time with an ankle. So he is going to play. He is healthy, right? Like I wouldn't say yeah. fully healthy. If I put a percentage on it, maybe he's 75% healthy, but uh, we're not sure exactly what you know game shape he is. He's, he looked pretty good in the first game he came back and he looked he's looked decent on offense in the games that he's been back. But uh, KP playing is a big change for this Mavericks team because, and we'll have to remind everybody, last season – Game one of this series, Mavs Clippers, KP was ejected after 20 minutes for defending Luka, getting a technical, and Marcus Morris totally baited him into it. And then uh, he was out for the last three games because of the meniscus that you know, they tore in that series. And so uh, he's going to make a big difference. There's, I have a couple of stats that do not necessarily back that up, but I think he is big for the Mavericks ceiling. Um I think he's really big for the Mavericks ceiling. If he if he can go and he can be the scorer when Luca is is on the bench, yeah, that's that's the biggest part. We've been tracking numbers, and I'll bring these numbers up a little bit later all year about what the Mavericks look like when KP is on the floor and Luca is off the court. Because when the Mavericks are winning those minutes, if they have a positive net rating in those minutes, then it's it's almost unstoppable, right? Like if, if the yeah. offense is humming like that. Yeah, I mean we've always referred to KP as the ceiling raiser for this team, because if KP is the, the for sure second star, if he is averaging the 28 
you know, he's matching Luca as far as points per game, and he's carrying the load when Luca's off the floor. Like that's what makes this team. Like if you if you could sit here and guarantee me right now, KP can do that and will be fully healthy and he and all of like, let's go, let's let's go against anybody in a series and say we have a, we have a shot. And that that's the thing with KP. It's just you don't you can't really predict it. We don't know. We don't know what can pop up. We don't just over the past few months we've seen a wrist issue. You know, for a couple of games we saw knee soreness. We you yeah, know he right. tweaked his ankle. And I'm not saying it, it's there've been some freak accidents from him on the court. These are contact things that he's been referring to. But but I will say this on a positive note: with all the stuff over the past few months. I think this is the best way for us to enter. If it's, if he's not going to be like fully 100% healthy, at least we saw a couple of games before the playoffs. At least we seen him in action. He looked good when he was playing. He had a, he had that play on the wing to where he pump fake, sidestep, bucket in this last game. It's like, all right, you're feeling it. You have the confidence right now. And I think those last three games did like help him get back in the groove. I think he'll still be a little bit rusty, especially in game one. But I think those last three games definitely helped. Yeah, the other one I had here for key changes for the Mavericks is Tim Hardaway Jr. has been starting recently. We talked all about the starting lineup and the, the changes there, but that's another big change. On the Clippers' side, changes for them. Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell are gone. They're out of there, right? Like, they got yeah. they got traded. They're out. They uh, Harrell signed with the Lakers in the offseason. Uh, are you ready for this stat? Last season mm-hmm. in the playoffs, so both the Mavericks series and Nuggets series combined. When Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell shared the court, what do you think their net rating was? The difference between the points scored per 100 possessions and points allowed per 100 possessions. Just in the playoffs, when those two were both on the court. Gosh, I feel like they weren't very good in the playoffs. No. I could be wrong. Negative negative 21.1. Oh, so I was right. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Now, when when Kawhi and Paul George were on the court together, they were a, a... Positive 0.5. So it's not like they were destroying people when, you know, those guys were off the court. And then when they were on the court, they were getting killed. But um, that's a huge difference. <laughs> like yeah. That's a huge 21 points per 100 possessions is a massive difference. Their defensive rating when those two shared the court during the playoffs was 127.8. An awful, awful defensive rating. So with those two guys out, addition by subtraction, right? Like, <laughs> like we could do the Michael Scott. What mm-hmm. does that mean? But it means... I think it's a positive for them. I mean, their offense was something, but their defense just held them down so far. And so, who did they replace them with? Luke Kennard and Demarcus Cousins. Right? <laughs> well, kind of like Serge Ibaka. No, it, no, it was Serge Ibaka. Rondo, Luke yeah, Kennard. Right. No, it was a mess. <laughs> no, they actually they have more depth th- this season than than last season. I think they do. I don't know if they do. Really. Last season was like the deep. We were talking about them as like one of the deepest teams. Like Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell were both top and six men of the year. We were talking about them as you know not all stars, but like the thir- fourth level of all star. You know what I mean? You, you I just think I think Abaka and-, and Rondo will impact some will impact a series. Like they'll impact the playoffs more than Harrell and Lou did. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, but if you're talking about just the, the depth of a team, um, yeah, they have. Yeah, it's really interesting. Their their bench is they, like their playoff depth is probably a little bit more yeah. um, defined, but most of the other guys are the same. So those two guys are are, are massive, a big change for them. Uh, Reggie Jackson has been inserted as the starter. He's in the starting five as of January. He's averaging twenty seven point three minutes a game when he starts, 
and he's shooting 43% from three. He's having a really good season. Clippers yeah. fans have been been happy with what he's done in the starting lineup, and that's a good thing for the Mavericks. If the Mavericks can't hunt Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell on mismatches, then they're going to do it with Reggie Jackson. Like He's going to be the guy you're going to see over and over again. It's probably going to drive Mavs fans and Clippers fans nuts. Them just keep switching. Tim Hardaway Jr., how many screens is he going to set for Luka in this series? I mean, like, yeah. insane amount. They do that all the time to try and get Luka on these smaller guards, and... Luca won, you know, a game for the Mavericks last year on the game winner when it was on Reggie Jackson. So that's going to be a big thing for the Mavericks, and Clippers have to find some way to to figure that out. Uh, Patrick Beverly, is, you'd be like, oh, well, why don't they just play Patrick Beverly instead? He's not been healthy. He's only played thirty seven games this year. They're not one hundred percent sure about his health and. He did play the other night, so it looks like at least he'll be playing in the series, though. He's going to probably play in the series. They're not sure 100% if he can hold up the rest of this. So, uh, But Reggie Jackson, that's another big change for the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have three point guards now. <laughs> it's Reggie Jackson mm-hmm. and, and Pat Beverly. And, I mean, we hate talking about him, but there is something with playoff Rondo. No matter how much Rondo hates that nickname or whatever, it is when, when it's playoff time, Rondo's shown that he does take it up a notch. And He was a... As, as somebody, and you guys know this, like I grew up a Lakers fan, so I watched like a lot of Lakers. Really? He was night and day different in the playoffs than in the regular season. Like regular season last season, he was so bad, like so bad. Every time that he would go out there, the Lakers would lose minutes. And in the playoffs, he was just this completely different player. So there is something about that, and it may come out in this series, may not. It's definitely going to be a big storyline, but that, like was my he, other, if, that was my other key change for the Clippers. Yeah, if, if he goes to that same level again and they have a potential of a, of a closing lineup of like Rondo, PG, Kawhi, Morris, and Ibaka, I, I, that's that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough to match up against. Can I throw something at you from Dallas, a key change? Yeah, coming up, Dallas has a couple of key changes. There's a couple more for the Clippers. And then we got key stats. We have a whole bunch of stuff, key matchups. You don't want to miss it. This is the ultimate playoff preview for the Mavericks Clippers series. We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, let me tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the perfect place to put down some money on sports. We talked a couple days ago about the lines. They're already up for this series. They are kind of interesting. Let's check to see if they've changed in the last couple of days here. The uh, Dallas Mavericks and the Clippers. Uh, Minus 400 money line for the Clippers in the series. That's the same as yesterday. They're holding true to that. That's the highest or that's the... uh, Lowest odds? That's the basically the Clippers are the biggest favorite in the series of the the lines that of the series that Bet Online is taking odds on. So that one's yeah. that's pretty interesting. If you just go on Game One, the Mavericks are a five point underdog, which is a half a point different than it was yesterday. So the Clippers are a little bit more of a favorite in Game One. That one is a fascinating one. If you want to go look at that, if you want to put down some money on either of these games, if you're feeling good, like Isaac Harris was in the intro, he felt yeah. good about Game One for Dallas. I got it. Mavs got Game One. I'm I'm ready. Go ahead, put some money down on it. You got it right here. BetOnline.ag locked on is the promo code to get a 50% welcome bonus to the first deposit. So deposit 100 bucks, you get 50 bucks. You can put down on this game to get yourself some extra money. Uh, you can hedge your bets. You can do whatever you want with it, I guess. If you want to do 50 on both, see if you can win either one. Uh, you do whatever you want. I don't take my gambling advice. I always pick the wrong one. So there you go. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Also, let's talk about Built Bar. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. I had one today. The coconut brownie chunk is absolutely delicious. Now they have a new birthday cake bar. Did you have the birthday cake one? I did. It's good. It is good. It has a little sprinkles on top. I am not a super 
like birthday cake person. Uh, and it was decent. I think I could eat a half one. I don't think I could eat a full one. That's like so rich. And so if you love birthday cake, if this is the stuff that you kind of love, you are going to absolutely love this bar. Like Isaac said, it has sprinkles. This is a piece of birthday cake, but it actually does kind of look like the bar kind of looks like that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this picture that I'm showing on YouTube, go get it. And the best thing about it is it does taste like birthday cake. There are sprinkles on it. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only six grams of sugar. How many grams of sugar do you think is a normal birthday cake piece? Like, uh, 400. Like 85? You know, yeah, right. Like, like a ton. This you can get and you can hit that craving. You can also tide your hunger over a little bit between meals. Built Bar, use the promo code LOCKED15. Get, get 15% off your next order. Not your first, your next with Built Bar. Promo code LOCKED15. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some of these uh, key changes. We're, we're, we're going crazy on these key changes. This is taking us a little while to get through these, but... Uh, what's another key change for the Mavericks? Well, I think the biggest change for them outside of, you know, they, they swapped out Seth for Josh. We, we know that, uh, the Brunson addition, you know, he wasn't in the playoffs last year in a way, like if Brunson gives you what Trey Burke did last year, you're happy, right? Yeah, right. I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like washing them out some, I think the biggest difference for Dallas this season or in this playoffs is having a rim roller, like having Dwight Powell in this series, I think will make a difference. When you look at last year, they didn't have Willie. They didn't have Dwight Powell. Their big man rotation was three guys, Porzingis, Maxi, and Boban. That's it. Like that was their big man rotation. And when KP went out, it was, hey, we have to go small. We have to throw Maxi out there. We had to throw Boban out there. They didn't have the rim roller. They didn't have either one of those guys. And the Mavericks do not play small. They have not played small almost at all they play with it like dorian at the four sometimes but they don't play completely small like at all pretty much they always play with at least one big man out there in porzingis willie dwight you know dwight is a little undersized but at least one at all times like that's a huge thing for the mavericks but what dwight brings to that offense of having that rim roller in there i think we've seen it we've seen it come to light a little bit more over these past few weeks of how it does create that spacing and how we can, they might put KP in the corner some, but it, it allows them just another way of running the offense that I expect the Clippers, no, even though they have Paul George and, and Kawhi, I expect them to, to bring a double team at Luka at times. And we need that guy to be able to roll to the basket. And Dwight's one of the best guys in that. When you look at Dwight's numbers this season, minimum of 80 possessions as the pick and roll man. Dwight Powell is third in the league. He scores. You ready? 69% of the time. Yes, that's how good Dwight Powell is, you know, in scoring as a pick and roll man, scoring at 1.3 points per possession. He's literally one of the best rollers in the league. Rick Carlisle, I'm writing a story on Dwight Powell. Rick Carlisle called <laughs> Dwight Powell one of the best rim rollers in the in, that he's ever seen in his time in the NBA. And on and on top of that, Luka Doncic is literally in the 91st percentile, according to Synergy, as the pick-and-roll ball handler. So you combine those two combinations as one of the best rim rollers in the league with one of the best pick-and-roll guys in the league, that will help your offense. And they didn't have that last season. So I know we like to take our shots at Dwight Powell at times, but I think that literally will make a big difference. And that's the biggest change for Dallas going into this series. Do you, what is, which one is more true, that Dwight Powell is one of the best rim rollers in the NBA that Rick Carlisle said, or that Justin Jackson has the best I, floater I in NBA say history? Justin Jackson. <laughs> which one is more true? <laughs> Carlisle I, said both. I think the Dwight Powell one's actually legit. He does have Oh, a, yeah. I, like, that's his thing. Uh, Justin so Jackson. We, we've seen these games. Like, 
Luca's been doubled a lot, right? Like that Lakers season. game. That Lakers game was a prime prime game of that. And the Clippers started doing that last year. A, a, a couple games late, they, they started doubling him. But the Mavericks didn't have a role guy to try and fill that space from where the, the double came from. And Dwight does it so well. Like there have been games where they play Dwight and Willie with Luca at different times. And they're doubling him. Like, I can't remember which specific game it was. It was so clear how much better Dwight is at getting to the open space yeah. during a double team in a trap than, than Willie or somebody else is, or even like Porzingis or Maxi, you know, or any of the other bigs. He's just so good at finding the exact space, the exact window, getting there. And then he can make a, a, a move off of one dribble. He can score in that way. Defensively is, is where it's going to be a problem for, for Dwight in this series, I think. But... If the Clippers go small, or if they just play Ibaka, like he can, he can stand that. He's not going to guard Zoo though. That's going to be a, a huge problem for him, and uh, if they ever match up in that way. But yeah, Dwight Powell in his role when his role is the the, yeah. the correct role when they they changed his role a couple years ago, he became so effective. But yeah, that's a big change for the Mavericks. In, in a way, if it hurts on defense, why don't you play that reverse psychology? You know, it's like, oh, you got the mismatch. Why don't you dump it down to Zubot? Yeah, like, I saw every him. time. Do I it. Saw. Post him. Let's do this. This is what people do to the Mavericks with KP when, yeah, and all that. But when <laughs> <laughs> then Dorian comes over for the double. So, so hey, uh, it and takes anything, the ball out of Paul George and Kawhi's hands. Let's do it. And anything to get the ball out of the hands of three point shooters, I think, for this series for the Mavericks, because yeah. that is going to a couple of key stats. I mean, we, we have so much more to get to on this. We just did an entire <laughs> entire podcast, basically, on key changes. We're going to keep going. This is the ultimate playoff preview. Um, offensive ratings for the two teams. The Mavericks were 116.2 during the regular season, which is, uh, according. This is, these are all according to cleaning the glass. So they're a little bit different than the official numbers. Uh, they take out garbage time. They take out uh, heaves and different things like that. That's sort of like half-court heaves that you throw at the end of the shot clock or whatever. Uh, Mavericks were eighth in the regular season in offensive rating. The Clippers were fourth in the in the uh, NBA in offensive rating. On defense, the Mavericks twenty second in the NBA on you know, on defense. The Clippers ninth in the NBA. But mm. two points difference between the two of them, between the Clippers defensive rating and the Mavericks defensive rating. So that nine to twenty two range is like real close together. The Clippers are three point four points away from fourth. <laughs> and so they're closer to uh they're closer to 22nd than they are to 4th in defensive rating the clippers are the, the clippers are so i thought that was pretty interesting so you're going to see that number a lot that they are ninth in the nba yeah. defensive rating and the mavericks are 22nd but the number is not that big of a difference it's a couple of possessions here and there and uh the mavericks had an awful january that we know of the clippers have had injuries as well they they've had they've dealt with a lot of stuff but uh, and some of it's self-inflicted they sit guys on the second of back-to-backs all the time Kawhi and paul george basically don't play back-to-backs um, watch, I'll probably be wrong about that, but they, they do sit a lot of back-to-backs. Kind of like Ibaka and Zupat's playing. Net rating-wise, Clippers are second in the NBA, plus six. Yeah, I was really wrong about that. Six Plus 6.8, but at least I fact-checked myself. <laughs> the Mavericks were plus 2.3, so the Clippers were second in the NBA in net rating. That's points uh, scored per 100 possessions, points allowed per 100 possessions, the difference between the two. So that's a, kind of a big difference, but the Mavericks are ninth in that. They're top 10 in the NBA, so this is a really good matchup between you know, two top 10 net rating teams, which is, which is kind of big. Um, so there's there's the offensive, like the, the overall, what the, what the teams are. I got some clutch numbers unless you have something else you want to get to first. I was going to add that Kawhi and Paul George have been better together. I think that's a little bit different this season that 
you know, this is their second season together. Last year was their first season. And they, you know, when you look at their numbers together, they played 100, or 1,028 minutes together uh, this season, a plus 17 net rating <laughs> together. Uh, offensive rating 125, defensive rating 107. Uh, I think last year their net rating was around like plus, I don't know, 13, something like that. So they're, they're just more comfortable playing together. And yeah, they've, they've set out different games here and there, but that's why some of these numbers, like they mean something. It's like what Nick was saying. They, they mean something, but it's like there's a lot of things that go into it too because they haven't played together the entire... A lot entire, of noise in some numbers. Yeah, they haven't... Like these guys playing together are really, really good. I mean, probably the best defending duo, maybe Ben Simmons and Thibault and stuff as far as defending wings. Wings, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. um, yeah, la- so this season, according to Cleaning the Glass, they're plus 18 net rating when they're on the court. That's it's incredible. That's an incredible net rating for a duo. Last yeah. season, they were plus 12.1. That's according to Cleaning the Glass, so they're a little bit different. But uh, yeah, they're, the, different, the big difference, though, is the offense. Last season, when Paul George and Kawhi shared the court, according to Cleaning the Glass, 116.9 offensive rating. This season, 124.3. 124, that's a huge difference. That's an eight-point difference uh, from last season to this season. The offense is just so much better. Um, you know, the, the, the way that, that Ty Lue has changed the offense where guys are getting more open threes, they're getting more threes, they're, they're not taking a ton more threes, but just the, the quality of looks has been so much higher. The team is a historic three-point shooting team, and these guys are creating really Honestly. good looks. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George are just shooting the ball, the lights out of the ball. And I think they have like five or six guys shooting forty percent from three. It's oh, I have it, I have it noted down. They have five three point <laughs> yeah. shooters averaging at least four threes a game. That's a key when you throw out these stats. Averaging at least four three point attempts a game, averaging at least forty percent from three. Then you can add, even add Pat Beverly on top of that. He would be the sixth because he's at three point eight attempts per game at thirty nine percent. So he's basically Man. there. So that gives you six players on your team over forty percent or at four threes a game. I. That's nuts. <laughs> the Mavericks would like four, right? Or three. Can we a couple, please. <laughs> Can we just get a couple here? Uh, yeah, so th- those are those are definitely huge numbers. Clutch numbers. Remember last season, the Mavericks really struggled in the clutch. This season, it's been better, a lot better for the, for the Mavericks in the clutch. They're 18 and 15 on the year in clutch games. That's A clutch game is defined by NBA.com as a game that's within five points with five minutes to go or less. So, some of these games are, you know, it was a 15-point lead going to the fourth quarter. The Mavericks cut it to five, and then the other team goes on a run. And, right, like that counts as a clutch game uh, in the last five minutes. Yeah. Some of these are literally these back-and-forth games where it's, it's clutch. So there's a little noise in some of these numbers. But 18-5, and five, that's the 10th best record in clutch games in the NBA. They had the sixth best offensive rating in the clutch in the NBA, 114.4 points per 100 possessions. Their defense, are you ready for this? <laughs> The Mavericks defense in clutch game situations, 120.7. That's 29th in the NBA. Absolutely brutal. Now, you look over to the Clippers side of it, their offensive rating was 10th, and their defense rating was 27th. So the Clippers don't defend that well in, in crunch time or clutch time either. So it's going to be just trading buckets, deciding who you know whoever can hit the last shot. The Clippers in the clutch this season were 16-18, and 18, the 19th best record in, in the clutch games in the NBA. So uh, the Mavericks record was better. The Clippers have struggled, but you kind of like that. You'd have to go back and just look up every single game. Who was playing? Was Kawhi playing? Was Paul George playing? You know, you'd have to go through and look up all that. So there's just so, so much noise with it. Their net rating was minus 5.5, by the way, uh, in, in clutch games. So Clippers definitely struggled 
um, in that. So Mavericks, advantage Mavericks on that one. But again, there's just so many things that you don't know about this Clippers team because not a lot of guys have played. Exactly. And they have Kawhi. And it's like, that's, you know, as we continue on through this long, longer pod for you guys, throwback to our early days of Lockdown Mavs when we, we actually had long pods uh, before whoever our boss of Lockdown Mavs is. I mean, decided to say we can't do long pods anymore. But no, um, it was me. <laughs> it was Nick. So actually, it wasn't me at that point. It was Doug Branson. And it was actually <laughs> David Locke, to be honest with you. Uh, but actually, <laughs> now it's at, me. Now I can make the choice. Now I can make the we, choice. Uh, this will be a long boy. One of the things towards the end that we'll talk about, like, hey, how will the Clippers win? And this goes into kind of the clutch stuff of how the Clippers are kind of struggling. One of my main points of that is they win if Kawhi Leonard goes back to being a top three player in the league. And if he puts himself back into that, because I feel like he slipped down a little bit. I feel like everyone's like, you know, in their top players in the league right now. Who's well, one? Who's two? He's doing the LeBron thing in the regular season, right? And he's yeah. also dealt with injuries. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But he's been dealing with some injuries. He's coasting. He's coasting during the regular season. Like, I've done this before. I've been here. I don't yes. think he's interested in an MVP, right? He that, may that's be, why, but... That's why I'm not, like, confident going into clutch situations saying, oh, you know what? Their numbers Clippers have shown suck. you yeah. throughout the season that they just, they're just they not very good. They still have freaking Kawhi Leonard. So yeah. I'm not... I'm not comfortable if we we are in a clutch moment. We have Luka, and I'm happy about that, but they have Kawhi, and so kind of equals out a little bit. And Kawhi can do things defensively in, in clutch games. We've seen this from him yeah. against the Mavericks. He just – there was one game, was it the regular season or was it the playoffs, that he just defensively destroyed the Mavericks, like their entire offense, in like this two-minute stretch, and the Mavericks lost the game just because of that two-minute stretch. Like he can just disrupt things in so many different ways. So – all the respect to Kawhi, yeah. and uh, just just to let you know, but uh, Mavericks got some cap space this summer. So yeah. if you're looking, it would be a great pairing. If you're looking, uh, he said he wanted guys with, with he wanted teammates with high basketball IQs. Uh, how about one that's 22 years old? All right, you ready to get into Luca and KP on off numbers? Oh, you have those numbers too. Oh, I'm ready. I was for ready it. for you to go into key matchups. We still have like four categories, but okay. I know we, we, we're this. I'm telling you, this is gonna be a long board. Hey Barb, we're gonna be no like thirty minutes. Uh, intern, intern, we're uh, we're gonna be long on this one, so you ready to edit? Um, we'll we'll give you another couple hours. We'll <laughs> yeah, we'll add some hours. <laughs> oh, the college won't allow you to. <laughs> <laughs> We've been tracking this all season. When Luca and KP play together, when they're on the court, when Luca is on the court and KP is off the court, and then when KP is on the court and Luca is off the court, basically, which star is playing? Both one or you know, yeah, or the other. <laughs> Basically, we've been tracking this all season. Their net rating again, that's points scored per 100 possessions, points allowed per 100 possessions. Basically, an efficiency type rating. So, back February 11th, actually, I can I can put these numbers up. Actually, I think. Ooh, uh, cool. Back February 11th. Don't y'all like the new white background? By the way, <laughs> cool touch, Nick. It's pretty great. Uh, back on February 11th. Oh, this is so small. Uh, reading a phone? Is that a CVS? <laughs> that machine? did not work. All right, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say them out. Back February 11th, when Luke and KB shared the floor, they were basically plus one, so they're positive. They're positive in net rating. When yeah. Luca was on and KP was off, there was a negative. It was negative point five, so they're not that great. Hmm. And when KP was on and Luca was off, negative twenty one point five. The Ooh. Mavericks were awful when it was just KP. Yeah, that's and not Luka very good, guys. I don't know if you just didn't didn't hear negative twenty one is terrible. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely bad. So they were so bad. So a month later, March tenth, 
Uh, the numbers with Luca and KP on and Luca on and KP off, about the same. A little pot, like slightly positive. So that was decent. The Mavericks just went through a terrible stretch in January. They were coming out of it. They were getting everybody healthy. Guys were coming back from COVID. With KP on and Luca off on March 10th, negative eight net rating. So it got a lot better. Went from negative 21 to negative eight. So it improved a lot over that month from February to March. And that's a cumulative rating. So it's not just the month of March, not just the month of February. And April 16th, so a month later after that, it finally got to a positive when KP was on and Luka was off. Plus one. Finally got to a positive. That's huge for the Mavericks. when They need to be winning those minutes when Luka's off the court and KP is on. Now, the other big thing that happened, the Mavericks went on a little bit of a run there, March and April. And when Luka and KP were on, it was a positive 3.6. So when those two played together, it became positive. Uh, and, a, and a pretty decent positive there. Uh Fast forward to the end of the season, May 18th. That number actually went down. So it went to plus two when Luka and KP shared the court. So their net rating together actually got worse. And when KP was on and Luka was off, it stayed positive. The number that went up was when Luka was on and KP was off, plus 4.5. So if you're tracking this and trying to follow all these numbers, basically. That's what uh, I'm trying to do. Basically, when KP is on the floor and Luka is off, the Mavericks started off the season awful and have gotten progressively to the point now where it's a, a slight positive or it's it's equal. If the Mavericks can zero out the, those times and zero yeah. out those minutes, and it can just be a honestly a net po- a net negative, like or a net a net zero, uh, that's okay for the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks can survive that because when Luka is on and KP is off, that's a positive five. That's a, that's big, and that got better. Uh, throughout the season, too. It started as a negative, slight positive, then plus two, now plus five as the season is done. So that is something we've been tracking a lot. And the reason why that matters is Luca has to rest at some point, and who's going to be out there? Who's going to be running the offense? It's probably going to be KP. Brunson. They're probably going to put Brunson with, with KP and probably Tim Hardaway, and they're going to be trying to run it that way. They've had some actual success with, with Brunson, Hardaway, Richardson, and then uh, poor Zingas and then whoever else, Maxi or whoever, they try to Not support the water him. Bugs. Try to yeah, <laughs> try to support him in as as much as they can. So all those numbers aside, uh, that's definitely something to watch. The minutes when KP plays without Luca, uh, they've become a positive, but we'll see and track it because I have the numbers from last season in the playoffs. Now it's small sample size theater, obviously in these, but when Luca and KP were on the court playing the Clippers last year, which was only 121 possessions. That is so minuscule. That's so small. These guys did not play a lot together against the Clippers at all. Minus 14 net rating when Luka and KP shared the court against the Clippers last year. That and, is, and if I'm not mistaken, zero fourth quarter minutes, right? Zero fourth quarter minutes between the two of them shared. So yeah, that, that's because huge. the Porzingis ejection, Luka rolls his injury in game three. ankle, and then KP was out. Wild. Absolutely wild. When Luka was on and KP was off... Um, Negative eight net rating. That was basically game game three, you know, game four, five, and six added a lot to that. Um, the, the, what was it? The game that uh, game one added a lot to that. When KP was on and Luca was off last season in the playoff series with the Clippers, eighty six possessions. Very small sample size theater. Yes. Very small sample size. P- positive thirteen net rating for the Mavericks. The Mavericks destroyed the minutes when KP was on and Luca was off. Is that when Trey in, Burke was on? <laughs> and when, when Bubble Burke was on. Uh, in the playoffs last year against the Clippers. Now, KP went on a pretty good run in the fourth quarter 
when Luca was out with that injury in game three. That probably had a lot to do with this number. But it is positive, and the Mavericks need that again because they uh, the Clippers really struggle when their starters are out too. Like their backups, Luke Kennard, awful on defense, right? Like really, really struggled. Uh, they struggle when some of their guys come off the bench. Patrick Beverly may come off the bench, and so uh, that's going to be really interesting to see that number and how they basically survive or how they thrive with those two on. So there you go. Yeah. Bunch of numbers, but that's I don't the have anything to add to that. That was great. All right, key matchups for the Mavericks. Luka versus everybody. Th- this Clippers team has so many wing defenders. They're just going to keep throwing them and throwing them and throwing them at them, right? Last yeah. year, we saw a lot of Marcus Morris. We, obviously, the infamous you know, Marcus Morris stepping on the heel of, of Luka, which is just... Like how on the nose can it be? He like Marcus Morris makes a heel turn, uh, and maybe he didn't make a heel turn. He was kind, he was probably already there in his career, but uh, by st- makes the heel turn by stepping on the heel of Luca. Uh, but they're gonna throw Morris at him. Batum, I think, is probably gonna have a lot of time on him. Yeah. Batum and- was annoying the last time they played. He tried to get really. I, I'm fully expecting. I think we could see Nick Batum on him early, and he's gonna be physical. Yep. He's gonna pick him up like full court. I expect that. Yep. They're going to do Jordan rules on Luca, right? Like yeah. they're going to try to, to beat him up. They're going to try to trap him a lot, I think. They're going to try a lot of stuff. They can throw Paul George and Kawhi on him. I think Kawhi is going to guard him probably in crunch time. End of they're, game, yeah. Well, actually, of, I think Paul George guards him at the end. I think Kawhi will stay on KP. And they and 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 they like to to have guys uh that aren't necessarily Kawhi and Paul George, the two best defenders on some of these guys like Luca, because then Kawhi and Paul George come over to help. Because Luca sets so many screens, basically the guy guarding him doesn't matter a lot of the time. It's always yeah. these switches. We mentioned before they're going to switch on Reggie Jackson a lot, and so a lot of times the guy guarding isn't going to matter. But Luca's going to have a lot of defenders up in his grill, and it's going to be it's going to be big. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the that's the thing. He's kind of like the John Snow, uh, you know, John Snow meme a little bit of. Is he coming back to life? Of, <laughs> no, I don't want it. That's my queen. The, uh, pulling out the sword and he's going to take them all on. And the the crazy thing about it is he's shown that he can take them all on. Like this is the team he that did. this he is the perfect year. team to be built to guard Luca. If Kawhi, Paul George, and all these guys. And I mean, if you want to talk about the bubble last year, he proved it. You want to talk about this season, the last two games against the Clippers, he had 42, one game, he had a, like a 28 point triple double and another game. And so like Luca is, is fine. So, yeah. He is fine. The other thing that's really going to matter, Kawhi versus question mark. Maxi or Dorian Carlisle kind of commented on it today that Maxi did spend a lot of time last season guarding Kawhi, and Dorian will probably get some of that, especially if Maxi is not 100% healthy. At the top of the show, we talked about the update for Maxi. And so Kawhi versus either of those two is going to be huge because he's going to get his buckets, right? We're not going to say either of those guys are going to shut him down in any sense of the word, but can they make it hard for him? Can they slow it down? Can they get him to bait him into like trying to become the offense himself, right? Can can they do some of that kind of stuff with him? Probably not, but if they do, then that's a win for the Mavericks, we think. You froze on me, so I didn't hear the last part of your sentence. Paul George versus Josh Richardson. (laughs) And Dorian, I think, are also is also a, a pretty big matchup. Um, he's he's going to be guarded by one of the two. Is it Richardson yeah. that starts? Is it Dorian that starts on him? If Maxi does start the game, Maxi may start on Kawhi and then Dorian on Paul George. But Maxi's coming back from an Achilles; he may not be 100 percent ready to to guard somebody like Kawhi. So it could be Josh Richardson getting a start on Paul George, or could it be Tim Hardaway on Paul? I was going to say Tim then- Tim Hardaway is the one I'm looking at of saying. 
how is he going to be defensively in this series? Like, I think I'm more, I think I understand what KP is going to be. KP has struggled at times just to, to move out and defend the three point line and all of that. I'm, I'm curious about Tim Hardaway because they like his offense in the starting unit. If they start him, he's going to have to probably guard Paul George and he's probably gonna have to chase him around some. And that, they're going to put Luca garden, Nick Batum probably. And, yeah, well, you know, or Morris, but if we've they go, seen them big, put, we've seen them put Luca on some wings though, in, in crunch time, like as a defender. So crunch time, I could see Luca. Yeah. I could <laughs> see Luca crazy to say, but, <laughs> but throughout the game, it, it all depends. It goes back to that lineup, you know, stuff that we're still trying to figure out. If they start to if they start Dwight and Dwight KP and Tim Hardaway, I mean, one of those guys is guarding Paul George. <laughs> So <laughs> and it ain't KP. That, yeah, because I don't think Luke is going to chase him around. But yeah, that's some, you know, who guards KP? I you know, Kawhi got a lot of that matchup, but who can they here's the better way to to ask that question. Who can they get away with guarding KP? And because that's the that's the thing sometimes we've seen throughout the season. We've seen a Portland throw Derek Jones Jr. We've seen some other teams throw these you know, a Mo Harkless against KP and like they get away with it. They yeah. they win a basketball game with that. So whoever guards KP, if it's not Kawhi, which I expect Kawhi at you know a decent well, amount of time it, to guard. It's probably him. Zoo to start the game too. True. I don't know. I actually don't know. I think I think Zoo guards Dorian. I, I think they'll have somebody that well, do that like the like the Jazz do. Yeah, I think the I think they'll do that because I don't know if they're going to want KP, you know him you know trying to close out on KP from thirty feet and all of that. But that's a that's a match I want to see who guards KP in this series. Because if Kawhi does, I mean he's going to do great. He's not going to like yeah. KP's not going to have. Uh, a good game, <laughs> basically. Kawhi's a good defender. And He'll he get struggled. some threes, but it's the it's that mid range, it's the turnaround that Kawhi just knows how to play defense. And I think he'll get a few buckets, but it's not like he's. I don't expect KP to you know go off for thirty eight against Kawhi. And KP's game is all about positioning. Where yeah. can he get on the court? Kawhi will not let you. And get Kawhi knows to, that <laughs> yeah. to anywhere, right? He will not yeah. let you get to those spots. Uh, Zubach versus Dwight KP, Willie Cauley Stein, Boban, anybody. That's going to be a huge matchup because. He has killed the Mavericks. He has been yeah. – uh, the Mavericks are really great in the pick and roll on offense. On defense, they're absolutely brutal. Just just really struggle in that area. So guarding Zoo and trying to stop him on the boards and on the pick and roll with you know scoring. Him and Kawhi have, have a little bit of chemistry here. And so if those two guys start going, then it, it could be really tough for the Mavericks. For sure, 100%. And speaking of that, going into this the next category, if you're ready for that, do you have another matchup? I have a bunch more matchups. Uh, I'll okay, just get through them quickly. Ty Lue versus Rick Carlisle. Like, that's a huge matchup, I think. The Mavericks have to own that. Like, like Carlisle has to do everything right, I think, in this series. He has to make all the right adjustments. He has to react to everything Ty Lue does. He has to be way better than Ty Lue in this series for the Mavericks to win. Yeah. Uh, and I think that has to be a big deal. Ty Lue has won a championship. He won it with LeBron. Is he, one, is he a great in-game coach? I'm and what sure. adjustments have this is one of my favorite things about the playoffs. I love it. I love game two, game three. Who changes first? Who yeah. makes the adjustment first? I love seeing that. Uh I also said Paul George versus playoff P. That's a uh, huge matchup, man. Which so, which one are you gonna get? Jekyll versus Hyde. Who are you gonna get like in this Kermit series? Team. Because we saw playoff P against the Mavs last year, and that's kind of why the Mavericks had a chance. It's because Paul George just wasn't giving them a lot. And 
It wasn't, you know, it, it was, uh, we could also see the reason, one of the reasons why Maxi was on Kawhi is because they put Dorian on Paul George because he was, he does pretty well on wings. And so they wanted that matchup to be solidified and it really worked for him. The other thing is Paul George has been dealing with some injuries. He has the shoulder things that he's been dealing with that, you know, for a while now he had surgery on those. He's also dealing with this toe injury now that, uh, <laughs> the Clippers guys are trying to explain to me. And it's basically just, he always will have toe, uh, like pain and it will just never go away. And so it's just this constant toe situation. So is that going to bother him? Is he going to deal with, he's going to deal with that the whole series, I guess. You think he'll ever be healthy again? He probably will not be a hundred percent healthy ever again. And it's like another guy in LA. Kawhi Leonard versus his own body. That's another matchup too. Kawhi Leonard has had a foot injury that he's been dealing with all season. Two months ago, he said, I've been just playing through this foot injury and this foot pain. Uh, and he's still dealing with it. It's one of the reasons why he's sitting back-to-backs. He also is now dealing with this random left-hand issue that's kind of undefined. And so he has some – he's been nicked up, and he has some some issues. I don't think it's going to hold him back too much, but if he aggravates it, that's a pretty big loss. That's a huge loss for this for this Clippers team. So sure. uh, Kawhi versus his own body, I think, is another thing. Uh, key storylines, we've kind of already gone through a lot of these, uh, and some of the matchups sort of go through the storylines. Do you have any more that we haven't really got to yet? I have a, I have a different one. Who wins the battle of the supporting cast? Yeah. You take Paul George and Kawhi out. You take KP and Luca. Who wins that battle? It's the Brunson, Dorian, you know, Tim Hardaway, Dwight Powell versus Zubats, Baca, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Will there be a, Will there be a, a massive guy who steps up? Will Will it, Will it be a Tim Hardaway who steps up and averages twenty five this series? And you're like, wow, he helps swing that whole series. Will it be a playoff Rondo who helps swing a series? It's that. So that's the type. of will it be a Jalen Brunson? Will it be Marcus Morris hitting four threes a game? Yeah. Like, who's going to be that guy? Which supporting cast? Will Zubats? averaging 20 and 12 like yeah. swing the series like that's a I, i'm watching both of them or both the supporting casa who wins out that that is going to be absolutely huge and that sort of goes back to my kp on the floor luke off the floor minutes too the, like yeah who's, who's gonna win because that's a lot of supporting players making some plays there all right let's finish it off with this why will the clippers win this series i think let's mm. start there the clippers are favored um espn released their picks for you know all the writers, they do like twelve writers or so that make picks or fifteen. I think they did this year, and uh, it was fourteen to one. One writer picked the Mavericks to win the series, and that was Royce Young. Uh, and famously, Royce Young did not vote for Luca Rookie of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to go back, he's grown a lot. Royce Young has grown, grown yeah. a lot since then. But uh, why will the Clippers win the series? They're favored, and Mavericks are kind of playing with house money a little bit here if they win. But uh, Clippers win if they. Hit a bunch of threes, basically. The Mavericks don't hit their threes. And if everything goes as planned for the Clippers, basically, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I alluded to earlier, but I think they win this series if Kawhi steps into it and says, I'm a top three player in the league. Like, this yeah. is this is who I am. I've been saving this. Let me take over at the end of the games, not only offensively, but defensively too. I think they win this series. They were the number one three-point shooting team in the league, and there's a reason for that. We we talked all about that. If They shot 41 42% as a team this season, which is literally historic type of season shooting from behind the arc. If they go into the series and shoot 45% from three as a team, like that's a good recipe to win a series. And 
you know, if if they if they can develop a game plan that they haven't done it so far or did it so far with Luca, but if they can develop some type of game plan to limit Luca, I would get worried. And it I don't think this is a series that Luca can average 25. Like Luca yeah. <laughs> Luca needs to average around 30 this series and probably a, a 30, you know, 30 10 10 type of thing or more than that that uh, and Luca's capable of that and in a weird way we're expecting that. So, but if they can develop some type of game plan or if they truly do from the opening tip send two guys at him and just say we're going to dare other people on this team and I don't care if he makes the perfect pass every time, we're going to make other people beat us in this series. That's the stuff that I think could lead to a Clippers win. And then on the flip side, why will the Mavericks win? It's a little bit more of a complicated question, but if they can't slow down Luka and the the rolling of Dwight and Willie, I think if that makes a big difference from last season yeah. to this season, I think that's going to be huge. Fully healthy KP for the whole series, yeah. KP plays the whole series and gives them 20, 20 a game, right? Just give him 20. That's all, that's all you kind of need is a baseline. He's a, you know, if you can just give him that and be pretty efficient, hit some threes. The Mavericks also have to hit their threes. They have to. They, they they just do not win games unless they're shooting, you know, and hitting, I don't know, 35, 36% of their threes or 40. Yeah. They, and they have to hit them. And my number one word, I wrote one huge word, and I wrote a couple KP and, like, keeping the Clippers. Because there's it's also a weird thing about the Clippers on the free throw line. They're, they're number one in the league as far as free throw percentage but they're 28th in the league in free throw attempts per game because yeah. they shoot so many three-pointers a game. So, But it's also this, hey, hey, if you want to eliminate the threes, you dare them to drive. Well, if they get to the line, they're really good at making their free throws too. So it's like this give and take. But the number one word I wrote down was effort. This team hasn't had the best reputation this season as far as effort. There's been games where like, dang, they just didn't give a crap tonight. And if they go into this series and they play pissed off and they go into it saying, we're, we want to be the better team. We want to show them that we would have beat them last year fully healthy. We want to get that revenge. We want to talk that smack back to them. We want to show from the opening tip in game one and they have that passion. We've seen that at times from this Mavericks team that they're, everywhere on the court it's like everyone's josh green like the energy's everywhere they're fired <laughs> up they're all like they're all playing together if if they can harness that into like one ball of energy and like that is who they are and that that effort and that fire is in that team from the opening tip i think that's the number one thing that will lead to them winning the series if they give that effort 100 percent of the time there you go. That's why the Mavs will win, why the Clippers will win. That's a whole bunch of stuff, pretty much everything you need for this series. Uh, we'll have more stuff. We'll hear from the Lockdown Clippers guys. We'll do a crossover with them. That should be really good. We'll also play a little bit of a you know a clip of basically them breaking down their team in a similar way that we have. So there you go. We'll be back with more all the rest of the week, going through, straight through to the game on Saturday. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. That way. Man, I'm going to tell you something, man. We let Coach Moles win. We build him up just to crush him.